Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast with your hosts, Celia Williamson, Ashley Kucher, Louis Guardiola, and Carrie Shaw, a podcast devoted to those whose job it is to help others get or remain mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy, but who also need to take care of themselves. How we're going to do this? By first showing you the filtered, pretty version of success, and then the real struggles, real work, and raw grit it took to get there, how they took care of themselves and also achieved their goals while doing it. Together, we will work with you to improve and maintain your internal health and growth while helping you achieve your external goals and your next professional achievement in life. And we're excited to show you how to follow your own individual and unique path and achieve the dreams you have while taking good care of yourself. So let's get started. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining Self-Care Society. I'm Carrie Shaw, and with us this week, we have Nancy Bauer. Nancy Bauer specializes in working with kids with severe trauma and children and adults with addiction issues. She's currently um, focusing on grief and bereavement in her um, education, and she has a, a penchant for arts and the creative um, aspects of therapy that she brings to the table when working with her clients. She also personally loves to camp and considers camping to be one of her sources of therapy. Um, Nancy is an LPCCS and an LICDC. Welcome to our podcast, Nancy. Thank you so much, Carrie. Uh, so Nancy, I'm going to start out just by um, talking a little bit about uh, how how your community sees you um, on the outside and who you are um, kind of from the um, external perspective, who's Nancy Bauer. Hmm. Well, it's very interesting because I live in Athens, um, but I'm on the outskirts. I work in Vinton County, which is a very rural area. And one of our um, counties that doesn't have a lot of resources. And I've purposely stayed out in the area so that I can help and do the good that I want to do there. Um, but it's interesting when you ask about that, because I think I have a couple different personas. So um, when I'm professional, I'm a counselor, I'm in the schools, I'm working with kids, I'm planting gardens, I'm running around, I'm doing nature Nancy stuff and trying to keep the kids hands on and doing everything that they can to stay healthy and happy in some of the worst times that they have in their lives. Um, I did a lot of work with kids who lost people during COVID. Um, a lot of people are losing their loved ones to um, uh, addiction and other issues. So I'm trying to work closely with the kids on their resilience and trying to help them as much as they can. Um, other people would see me as that go-to camper girl on the weekends who I grab my rig and me and my little dog, uh, we head out on adventures. Um, I'm part of a national organization called Girl Campers, and we go and meet and do things, including self-care retreats, crafting retreats, um, self-taught retreats, anything that we can find, we go and retreat, <laughs> which is kind of funny because we don't retreat. We actually march on forward and learn new things. So um, and then I'm also a, a local art teacher. You know, I teach uh, knitting and crochet at a shop in Athens. And a lot of people know me by the work that I do in that area. So I also volunteer a lot. Um, 
So I guess I have lots of hats in our community. So my husband, who is from the area, uh, jokes about how many more people that I know, even though he grew up here, I know way more people than he does. So (laughs) I tend to get out and about a lot. It sure sounds like it. So you have local community and this national community that is supportive and um, and supports your self-care, it sounds like. Um, Yes, for sure. Neat. So our next question, um, so we we talk in this podcast about the real-to-real individuals that we're interviewing. So real being R-E-E-L and that being the external um, person, the persona that is seen on the outside. And then we, we like to talk about the real R-E-A-L um, person and how that relates to your own self-care and um, just kind of your own journey in this um, world of caring for ourselves professionally and personally. So when you think about the real Nancy, um, what do you think people don't know about you um, that might surprise them? Um. I think that as a supervisor for future counselors, which I do quite a bit, I work for um, as much as I can to supervise future counselors. I found myself being more R-E-A-L when it comes to self-care because I have to, because I don't want anyone to think that they are going to be able to hold everything together at every moment of every second of their professional and personal life, because that's just not true. And one of the things that really changed my life, I was a special education teacher for the first 10 years of my professional life. And then I switched and became a counselor specializing in, you know, kids with special needs, neurodiversity, and making sure that everyone gets counseling and mental health care because it's, you know, health care. Um, and when I did that, I learned so much about myself and how much I wasn't taking care of myself and how much damage happened with me being in the public school system as a teacher and how much there isn't support and there isn't care for educators and just the absolute you know, devastation that can happen to people when they're teaching in the school system and they don't get the support and they don't get the self-care. So when I went back and got my master's in counseling, it really changed everything for me and put it into perspective that I needed to stop pretending that I was taking care of myself and actually take care of myself. And it's very interesting because counselors and social workers are sometimes the worst at actually doing self-care, kind of like doctors and nurses and other people, you know, who have bad habits. We also have pretty bad mental health habits and we work too much and we don't take time. Um, So I think that my perspective really changed, you know, about eight to 10 years ago when I started my counseling career and I decided that I really needed to focus on myself. I think that a lot of people assume that I have it all together all the time because I, you know, run around and I do a lot. Um, But I like the idea of people also knowing that I'm vulnerable. I think vulnerability is a real strength and that we can find that when we are honest with each other. And it's just so helpful because it can be a common thread between people and not necessarily a weakness. Have you seen the field of counseling change over time um, with regard to self-care professionally? I want to see the change. And I think that we all know it needs to happen. 
free professional conference I go to. There's multiple sessions on self-care. There's a self-care room. There's coloring. There's yoga. There's all the things. So it's there and it's present, but actually getting it intertwined in our personal lives and in our work is just so difficult when we have, you know, certain billing that we have to do. We have notes that have to be done. We have all this list of things. There isn't time for that walk at lunch. You only get a half an hour, but if you don't do this and you can't do this, you know, so, so I think the profession of counseling is really trying. And I think that they're, they're trying to teach future counselors that they need to get it in there. But then when you actually come to working and you say, hey, boss, can I take a five minute break and take a walk? You know, sometimes that's just not possible. You have to figure out how to integrate it in there. You have to walk with the client while you're doing therapy or you have to do something that's a little more um, intertwined and you have to be a huge advocate for yourself. And that's something that I think needs to be stronger in all areas in social work and counseling is the advocacy for ourselves so that we don't get burned out and crunchy. I couldn't agree more. Um, one aspect I really like about this project, the self-care society is that we, in addition to the podcast, we have weekly drop-in sessions that are online and available to all CHWs around the state. And, um, it's really carved out this time of day for people and they know that they can drop in and get the support that they're, they might need. And, um, one, one person actually said it felt like church for her because, um, she knew she could expect it to happen. And so she looked forward to it every week and it was her, her community. Um, and I think that, you know, we talk about billing, like how amazing would it be if we could bill for our own self-care? Um, because we know that it really is an investment and we know that it's, um, going to benefit our clients if we're able to take care of ourselves within the context of work and, it not be one more thing that we have to put on our plate outside of our work day. Exactly. Yeah. For my, um, my agency, they really try, they try really hard to do wellness, but they do the wellness meetings during lunch. So we have to give up our lunch in order to do the wellness because we only get a half an hour a day for our own lunch time. So you have to do the wellness part. So you have to choose to eat or choose to do the wellness activity or eat while you're doing the wellness activity, which sometimes isn't, you know, so it's hard enough for us to give ourselves a half an hour to digest our food and have that break because we need it, you know, let alone attend another meeting or do another something, but at least they're trying, they're trying to integrate it in there. We have wellness corners that you can go and grab a snack or grab a little lotion or grab a sticker, grab something. And they send out, you know, things to remind us, we actually to carve out that time to do it is another story, you know, so and to not feel guilty, which is a huge part of that, not feeling guilty about caring about yourself. Because there's always going to be that next client waiting, you have to care about them as well. But if you're not strong enough, then it's not going to work. So how do you handle guilt, Nancy? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I guess one of my first supervisors gave me the analogy of, you know, when you get on an airplane and you ride on the airplane and there's an emergency, if you don't put your mask on first, then you're not going to be able to help anyone else. And so that really stuck with me a long time ago because I thought, because my first inclination is help that child, help that older person, help, you know, I'm not going to put my oxygen on. 
But if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of others. And legally and ethically, like I'm independently licensed. I take that very seriously. I need to be in tip top shape in order to take care of others. So I guess I have stopped feeling guilty about it because it is my job. So it's kind of hard to do that in a professional setting like this, because we're also dealing with feelings and emotions and all of these things that come with it. But it's my job to take care of myself to be there for my clients. So I had to kind of flip my thinking on that. I have to take care of myself in order to be there for others. So I guess I've just kind of taken that guilt out. You know, if I have to cancel an appointment for someone, and yes, they're going to be devastated, but I have to do what's best for me. That's just the way it is. And it's really hard for new clinicians. And so helping them understand that you have to do that in order to be the best you can is really important. So trying to get that, you know, into supervision as much as possible. That's great. What gives you hope when you um, think about self-care in the future and maybe this newer generation, younger generation? Because it sounds like you have some contact with students. I do. Yeah. So um, I absolutely love supervising. I love having the students come in, calling me on my stuff asking me those questions because it makes me keep current, you know, and if I don't have an answer, I'm honest and to say, I don't have an answer. So then I have to find the answer, which is really good for me. So it keeps me on my skills. Um, Also, I'm very real with my students and I have them involved in very real situations with real clients. And we talk about, you know, what's going to happen next you know, how are you going to prepare for this? And then also the aftermath, you know, and talking about now, how do you feel? What's going to happen after this? You know, how are you going to see them the next time? So I think just the relationship that I established with them, And knowing that I can also incorporate that self-care and have them learn a hobby if they don't have one, have them, you know, if exercise is their thing, making sure they're doing that, eating right and whatever they need to do for themselves, encouraging that. And by doing that, then they're also, they're allowed to remind me to do it so they can call (laughs) me on it as well. So I use that kind of as a double-edged sword, you know, so, cause they'll say, well, wait, you didn't take your break today. And I'm like, oh man, okay. So let's go take a walk, you know? (laughs) So incorporating that and making sure that it's just allowable. And then also preparing them for the next spot that they work, that they might not have that. So how are they going to figure that out for themselves. You know, they might not have a boss or a supervisor that wants them to do self-care at work. I hope they do. Everyone needs to, but it just depends on what kind of job you have and what kind of counseling you do. So, but yeah, they really energize me and just knowing, you know, that, that they're going to go on and find those things to do, whether it's play with their animals or, you know, go home at the end of a hard day and not think about that case anymore because you need to take a break. It's not a bad thing to not ruminate it on it all night long. That's not going to help the situation. So, so yeah, just being present with them is really helpful to me. That's great. And it sounds like you model some really good boundaries. Yes. And I think that that's what, and that's one of the things I enjoy about supervising is because it does keep me honest because they are watching me and I need to be the best supervisor I can, which means when I get frustrated, I need to have those coping skills in order to go find something to do, pick up my knitting, go for a walk, 
you know, use aromatherapy, whatever it is that I need to, or just take that five minutes to put my head down and just breathe. You know, I mean, those things are all completely acceptable. Maybe not in everybody's line of work, but I think they should be, you know, everyone needs to take a break. So it doesn't mean you're not productive. It means that you're preparing yourself for the next hour of work or two hours of work, you know, or 15 minutes of work. You never know. It's whatever's going to get you through to the other side. Right. Right. So Nancy, as we kind of wind down our conversation, um, I wonder if there's anything as you prepared for this session, anything that you thought, like, I really want to make sure I share this. This is really important to me. Um, This is something that I've learned over the years about self-care. Any words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Um, I've definitely learned. So the 10 years I spent teaching and not taking care of myself, my physical health was terrible. I had awful back pain, awful headaches, and just didn't really, I didn't attribute the two together because I just thought it was, I don't know, I wasn't sure why, but I was not in good shape. I wasn't at all. I was working too much. I was internalizing everything way too much. I was trying to be the everything for everybody because administration or whoever was telling me I had to play that role. You know, I had to do those things. And when you're a new professional, you don't know to stop and ask those questions. You just say, oh, okay, someone just told me to do this. I have to do this, you know, but once I flipped and turned my career a different direction, it was just absolutely amazing how physically, mentally, emotionally, everything changed. And now I truly feel like when I tell people to take a break, I mean it because I'm actually doing it as well. I'm not perfect at it though, of course. I always do extra. I'm still staying after. I'm still doing the little things. But then because I did those little things, I'm doing something more for myself. You know, in my hands right now are knitting needles and a ball of yarn because I'm taking a little, you know, finger break while I'm talking to you, you know, away from the computer, you know. So planning some travel, making sure I have those connections with people, just really practicing what I preach because for a while there, I was just saying all the right things and hoping my clients were doing them. But I learned that it just doesn't, it doesn't mean as much unless I'm actually doing it too. And some people are like, oh, you know, that's just a lot of focus, focus. And yes, it's great to care for yourself, but that's not real world. Well, it is real world when you do it for yourself and it means something. If meditation is not your thing, that's fine. But if it is and it helps you, then you need to do it. You know, meditation can be riding your bike, kayaking, spending time in your chair next to the fire at the camper. You know, I mean, everybody has their own way of doing it. And I think that we just need to establish that this is normal. Everybody deserves respect and they deserve that calm in their lives. I love that. We all deserve that calm in our lives. Yes. And I can envision all the you doing all those things, sitting next to the fire and <laughs> meditating. And, uh, yes, yes, fantastic. Um, well, Nancy, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I was excited to interview you because um, I do, I see you as such a model of self-care because what you do in our community um, 
is really visible. You know, you're right. Like you are very integrated into the community and people, when I think of Nancy, I think of someone who's knitting or I think of someone who's camping and like doing these things that are, that are self-care. So it's not just that you're doing them for yourself, but you're also a role model for, for the rest of the community too. So um, I really appreciate you sharing your insights today. Thank you. That's good to hear because I sometimes forget and I want to share everything with everyone else and then I forget to enjoy it myself. So I have to take those sacred pauses and make sure even though I am camping and I'm going to teach someone how to knit, it's because I love to do it and it gives me joy. So it's not that I have to do it. It's because I want to do it. And that's a big difference. So self-care brings us joy. That seems like a a really good place to finish. (laughs) And your next t-shirt for your podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you do screen printing too? <laughs> yes. I will get the cricket out. We'll make the, you know, self-care brings me joy. So awesome. <laughs> trademark, we have it on tape. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Um, and thank you all for listening to the Self-Care Society podcast. Uh, Tune in next week for our next interview and remember that um, self-care brings us joy. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you. That concludes this week's episode. And remember, it's not selfish, it's self-care.